What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hook One Pod. We're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City, Michigan. As always, I'm Pete. And I'm Louie. And Louie, what are we going to talk about today? Um, I'm pretty sure, like, everywhere we want to fish and everything that we've done that's, like, kind of on a lot of people's bucket list. <laughs> what do you mean you're pretty sure? That's, just, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to touch on, basically, we're talking about destinations from Lake Erie and from as close as Lake Erie and Saginaw Bay all the way to, I mean, honestly, I want to go fish the Galapagos Islands. I want to fish southern Panama, um, some of the best fishing in the world around there. So what we're going to do is touch on a lot of those things, places that we've been, fish that we want to chase from smallmouth to sailfish and all the way in between. Um, hopefully, maybe give you guys some ideas of some cool places to go where you might want to check out. Um Shoot, who knows? Maybe we'll all tag along and go catch fish. Who knows? Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, Louie, where's one destination that you really checked off your list that you've really been looking forward to to fish and you've checked it off your list? Whether it's, you know, a specific trip or a certain lake or whatever the situation is, what, what was it? Uh, one specific one was actually last year. Uh, my grandparents have a condo down in West Palm Beach. And I've always wanted to catch, like, a peacock bass. I don't know why. I've always just been, like, their colors have been cool. The way they act is pretty cool. So I've always wanted to kind of go out and really just target them for a whole day. And uh, I met a guy down there, talked with him for a little bit. We got a date set up, and we went out for, like, eight hours. And it's it's really interesting because the best time to target them is – like end of January all through February and then like I guess like a couple days into March and then it's they're almost impossible to catch but you can't use artificials for them you can but you'll end up catching like two or three a day because they're super finicky and they relate to cover like a lot so you're fishing in canals that are like 15 to like 30 feet wide and it's just people's backyards with their docks and you won't catch them in the middle of like the canal which is kind of weird but you have to like take what are the shad called down there they're like freshwater shad but they're like they're not like our gizzard shad no they're tiny i think the biggest they get they're is almost like, like a shiner yeah they get like four inches long so you put it on a circle hook. You have, like, a little float on the top, like a foot and a half, two feet. And you have to, like, almost kneel down on the boat to get your bait in the against the seawall in the very back of these docks to even remotely get a bite. But, like, the best way I can describe it, like, from what I learned last year, is they are the most aggressive and the most laziest fish, like, I've ever seen in my life. Um, like the guy was explaining to me, our guy, uh, I got really close with him, but he was saying, you have to basically get your shad within six inches of one's face to get one to bite. And if it's like more than that, they're probably just going to look at it and they want nothing to do with it. Or if your shad isn't swimming right, they're not going to eat it. You can kind of scare them off and they won't bite. Um, but it's cool if you get like one that's really aggressive, you'll see your shad swim towards the top of the water, and it's one of the biggest blow-ups. And those fish just kick your ass for a minute to two minutes, and they're like two-pound fish on fifteen-pound line, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's cool that you brought up the peacock thing because I've always wanted to go on a peacock trip. I thought it was sweet you did it last year. You caught a wall hanger. I was pretty jealous, but. Peacocks are really cool to me. The coloration on them is cool. The fact that, you know, they're not really a bass. No, the one I actually caught last year almost broke a record in uh, the lake we were fishing, which is kind of nuts. But like you said, it's not like you're fishing like the open lake or anything. You're fishing no. in people's backyards. You're fishing right undercover. The fish are super smart, um, but their color patterns are so cool. They're fight, even though, like you said, they're lazy and they're, they're almost like just really picky on what they're going to eat. Um, but when they do eat, it's an aggressive bite, and they fight hard. And I think what's really cool about those fish is uh, you can fish them. It's it's really good to get a guide and get it done that way, but you can fish them really from the very bottom of Florida, from Homestead, Miami area, um, all the way up into, like, Fort Lauderdale, and you, yeah. can, you can catch them in the ditches on the side of the road. Yeah, that's what I thought was cool about it. I always wanted to kind of, like, 
learn instead of going ocean fishing every day. Ocean fishing is fun. Don't get me wrong, but on a windy day or a blow day, it's kind of tough to fish piers. So I wanted to learn how to actually target peacocks on like windy days. And it's honestly super tough unless you know where you can get a ton of shad. But basically you go throw a cast and I get as many shad in a container as you can. And you, you honestly just throw handfuls of them out and uh, you just wait. You basically sit back, wait for five, ten minutes. And you'll see them start to come to the surface and start jumping out of the water for these shad. And as soon as that happens, like a feeding frenzy starts. And that's honestly the only way you can really target them effectively. Yeah, and a lot of people, they're really overlooked um, in Florida. I mean, a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of our listeners have heard about, thought about, been down to Florida, whether it's been Lake Okeechobee um, doing trophy bass fishing or it's been down in the Gulf or down on the ocean side, um, whether you're reef fishing, backwater fishing, offshore fishing. Um, but nobody really, you know, you don't really talk to a lot of people that go down there just to like target these peacocks and yeah, and do it. And it's really cool because it's basically the way it started was people just letting them go as pets yeah. out into the canal systems. But in Florida, everything's connected. So all those fish just you know, kept reproducing, kept reproducing. And now yeah. there's a steady, there's a big population there. And like you said, you don't need, that's something that's super simple. You don't need a lot to go catch them. Um, but the, the more dialed you are, the better off, like anything, the more dialed you are, the better off you're going to be getting a bite. Yeah. And uh, like the Miami, Florida, you're not going to catch those monster 20 pounders like you do in Brazil or the, what's that one? The Amazon over there. Yeah. Down in the Amazon. But you're going to go out there and have like hundred fish days and just have a time of your life. Like, I think I caught an, it was like an eight pounds, like six ounces. And I was like a quarter of a pound away from breaking the lake record, which is kind of insane to me because, I mean, an eight pounder felt like I had a musky hook. It wrapped me around docks. It wrapped me around pilings. I thought I was going to have to go swimming to even get my line off. But I mean, how long did it take you guys? You were telling me, how long did it even take you guys to get the bite? You guys were on that fish for almost 45 minutes. Yeah, so we were just casting, casting, casting. And, I mean, you can – it was a sunny day, so you can make the fish out. You could make the outlines of the fish out. And it was hanging out with, a, like, a female. And it the way it happened is my dad kind of made a bad cast and went over the top of the dock, and the shed fell perfectly on top of this peacock. And it just lit it up. Like, I've never seen an explosion so aggressive and so hard in my life. And I somehow got between the pilings to get on top of this fish. And as soon as it hit the water, it took off. And before I could set the hook, I was wrapped around pilings. So I didn't even know if I had the fish. And that fight almost lasted five and a half, six minutes before we even got it out from under the dock and got it into the boat. Yeah, for sure, man. But anyway, that that's definitely a dream trip that I got to check off the bucket list. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be doing that together hopefully next year. Yeah, uh, we sure. talked about putting something together. That would be pretty cool. Um, and then on top of that kind of leads into my thing. And, you know, after you do the peacock fishing, head south um, down to the Florida Keys, man, that place is one of the coolest places on earth. Um, it, it's my favorite place to go. My fiance got me hooked there back in – 2016 is was our first trip down there and we went offshore for mahi uh and it was epic man watching the fish underneath the boat and that deep blue water um and then just watching watching that whole school of fish just attack one bait you got one fish hooked and you just leave it in the rod holder and that whole school comes up on you and so we're casting off the sides and bombing live baits out getting bit i think we finished with like 20 mahi yeah that's um, sick. but the offshore fishing man offshore fishing is tough you gotta you got to be ready to grind it out because, you yeah. know, if you're going to go offshore, you're, you're better off doing the full day thing. You're better off going eight hours so you can get to the spots and get it taken care of. But yeah. sometimes that means big water, man. And, and down there um, in the winter, it can get real windy. In the summer, it's a little more calm. We were, our last trip out there um, over our New Year's Eve trip. Oh, sorry about that. Computer almost went weird on us. <laughs> but anyway um out on our new year's eve trip uh we ran into some big seas and we weren't even very far offshore and it's rough for some people on board man to be out yeah. there for eight hours it's 
if you're going to spend your money, you're better off doing those backwater trips, which we could talk about for hours, but that's not what this show's about. Yeah. Um, but the Florida Keys is definitely somewhere that a lot of people should go. Anyone that knows me knows that's probably, you know, the number one spot where I want to end up one day, not yeah. necessarily um, just to guide or to do stuff like that, because there's a lot of really good guides down there that have grown up down there. Yeah. And it's like, you can't compete with that, but just to be able to go down there and fish, spend time down there with friends and family, man, it's, it's um, number one, well, number one on my bucket list that I've checked off. So now it's time to move on to other things. Yeah. It's definitely a place I want to end up going to at least at some point in my life, but it's like, we talk about, it's like the whole culture down there. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't go into a restaurant, you don't go into a store, you don't go into anywhere without seeing pictures of fish, like world record fish. And in the Keys, Isla Mirada in particular, where we like to go, that holds so many IFGA records. So basically like world records and international records for bonefish, tarpon, um, you know, and all those types of backwater fish. So it's a really cool spot. It's a really fishy spot. It's kind of what you know, I would love to to get this place too. Yeah. Where to the point, like I said, you know, where people are just coming around, they want to talk fish, just fishy people yep. getting together and having a good time. Yeah. Another place in Florida that I went to, I want to say five years ago now, five or six years ago, was Lake Okeechobee. And I mean, like pulling up on it, we went to uh, it's a big marina. It's called Rowan Martin Marina. And they've honestly. Rowan Martin, who's that? <laughs> just anyway. like the atmosphere when you pull into the marina they have their own restaurant there um there's boats everywhere there's guides that come on we we went from like uh with a guide from michigan who was down there for the winter uh guiding down there and i was kind of friends what's his name kevin um, long yeah what's his uh long cast guide service he shout out long cast guide service yeah he's he's dialed down there and just the atmosphere when you walk in there and you start to see everybody working behind the counter and you look on the walls and there's like 15, 16 pound bass just looking at you. It's like, there's no way this thing lives in the lake. But I mean, when you launch the boat, you drive out there, you're driving past lily pads and rock walls and you have to go through a walk to get into the lake because of the water difference. But it's nuts because the channels that you're driving through are about six feet deep. And if you swear one way or then another, you're going to run into an oyster bar and your lower end is totaled. So it's kind of important to get a guy down there, but it's cool. You're driving past alligators at 60 miles an hour and you just pull up in some weeds with some, honestly, these shiners had to have been like three quarters of a pound. They were massive. And you're having like, one pound bass just come up and absolutely annihilate them and these shiners are just unfazed you go through like five or six bass on one shiner and nothing happens to them but i mean 12 shiners last year a day and you're just hoping that you get that one massive bite down there that could happen out of nowhere yeah if you're a bass guy that's that's a must-have trip i mean it's really not a horrible drive from here um but it's something really cool to do kind of flipping it over though and getting you know, we could sit here and obviously have a show all day on Florida because we like to spend a lot of time down there where yeah. it's warm. Um, but there's so many other destinations, man. A big one that I want to get to is Door County, Wisconsin. Yeah, I got to get over there yes. and do some some big walleye and big bass fishing. Yeah, um, getting on the ripping wraps and the hair jigs. Yeah, I think Door County is. I mean, the hunting it the hunting is one thing, and then the fishing is just on another level for those freshwater fish. And even though we have walleye. Um, and smallmouth, I mean, dude, we got Lake St. Clair in our backyard. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, oh, I want to go catch smallmouth somewhere else. But really, like, Door County is, honestly, it's probably up there, you know, top two or three for, like, one of the next places that I want to check off, mainly because it's 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 a doable trip. Yeah. You know, number sure. one, it's not like it's 20-something hours. You know, it's it's definitely a doable trip. And then the other thing is, you know, we've met some some really cool people and some people around that fish over there often. Um, and so it's definitely, that gives you a little bit of confidence knowing like, Hey, I I can definitely go over there and catch some fish. Um, it's not as intimidating as some of those other bucket list trips you got. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Lake St. Clair is fun. It's definitely some of the best fishing we have, but I mean, finding smallmouth and finding walleye gets a little bit frustrating at times just 
because there's absolutely nothing to target on Lake St. Clair besides turn your boat on and go drive for eight hours until you find one patch of grass and then you find the fish. But I mean, just the, like the contours and the, the lakes over there and the way you catch the walleye and the way you catch the smallmouth over there, it's, it's a whole different ball game. That's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. And they're just megas. Magas, man, you're catching Monsters. 30 to 32 inch walleyes on ripping rabbits. You're catching six pound smallies on hair jigs, super light tackle. Yeah. Because the water over there is clean. Yeah. Super clean. It's... So you're on really light tackle. Uh, I think that would just be an absolutely epic trip. That, to be honest, I mean, I personally, I'd like to check it off this spring. I know we're super busy here at the shop and charters are going to be picking up. Charters are actually picking up already. Um, for early in the year. Yeah. So it's going to make it tough to get over there. But if I could get over there this year, I think that's one that I really want to get done. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, definitely something I want to check off. Another one um, that we've obviously already checked off, but I'm sure a lot of you guys that are listening have either fished here all the time or you really want to get down there, but that's Lake Erie. Obviously, walleye trolling in Lake Erie. Whether, you know, I do love going out to Michigan waters, and I think Michigan waters are awesome. Uh, we catch huge fish out of Sterling State Park yeah. um, and up towards that area. But when you go down to Ohio, uh, the scenery down there, like down by Port Clinton, Catawba, the mountains, the yeah. or not the mountains, but like the cliffs, the islands, um, those are super cool, man. And I love fishing around those islands down there. Yeah. That's a trip that I think a lot of people should try and take. Yeah, if you like walleye fishing, even ice fishing, it's tough to get down there, get to the good spots, but there's – there's good fishing to be had down there all year long, as long as you're safe about it. If that makes sense. Yeah, Lake Erie, I mean, it can turn in a hurry. Yeah, it, even if you're ice fishing, we were out there and yeah, a couple was... guys got left out there. But it's definitely a lake I would, <laughs> definitely a lake you don't screw around on. No, I mean, the wind switches up. And, I mean, when we were out there, it was blowing chunks out to sea. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness we weren't on any of those chunks. We got in at the right time. Uh Good thing the walleyes didn't bite. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah, but, was... uh, no, Lake Erie is definitely, but like, early spring, man. You go down there, like, March, April. I know people that have been out there in February. Uh, we've gone out there and haven't had luck in February, but they've been pounding, you know, should yeah. have been here yesterday type deal. Yeah. Um, it is epic to get down there and troll up some of these big walleye. And if you get on big schools of them, that's when guys start jigging them, which is really cool to me. They're just – they're basically just jigging and – you know, 22, 24 foot of water and just catching some Lake Erie hogs. Yeah. What I think is cool down there is you can be anywhere from like 23, 24 in the dead of winter to, I mean, I've seen guys who were catching them in 20, like two and a half, I think we were when I was down there. And there was guys out in 36 and they were pounding just as good as we were. So, I mean, there's fish anywhere from. It's, I mean, it's a factory down there yeah. and it's really cool because you can run into a school that could pull all six boards back yep. and they're all 10 inches. Yeah. And you're like, Oh man, you know, there's a lot of small fish in the system. And then you could just double up on 10 pounders. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's still a serious, I mean, there's so many different age classes in those fish and they just keep spawning. Yeah. Like the numbers just get bigger and bigger. And I think it's really good for us. I think, I think it's going to make for some epic walleye fishing in the future. Hopefully the bait can hang on. Yeah. Yeah, um, but honestly, I think it's only going to be for the benefit of us. I think as fishermen, we're doing a lot better job too. Yeah. You know what I mean? With conservation and taking care of the fish that we want to see again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they would put a, not like a, like a restriction on it. Kind of like you can't, you can keep one, like a slot size, basically. Make sure you got to let those big females go. Yeah. You're traveling into some deep water there, though. Yeah, I'm not getting into it. I know. Until you buy someone's license, you can't tell them what to do with their fish. Rules are rules. Yeah. So well, and that's Lax is nuts. You can only keep one walleye yeah. in the summertime. And that's and Malax is like one of the biggest fisheries out there. But remember, we talked about it a little bit on the electronics episode. Uh, a good buddy over there that fishes all the time. He said electronics are just too good. Yeah. You know, Malax is a fishbowl, and at certain points of the year, you know where the fish are going to be. And with your electronics, it's, you know, you could really damage a population like that. There's a reason, you know, there's a reason their fishery is as good as it is. Yeah, there's not, not saying it's good. I mean, I I wouldn't want to go out, you know, 
and just to keep one walleye, it's like, oh, they're so delicious. Yeah. But, you know, that brings us to another destination that a lot of people like to go fish to, heading up to Saginaw Bay. Yeah. And you get eight fish a person. Yeah, that's that's on. And Saginaw Bay, you want to talk about a factory. Saginaw Bay is a walleye factory right now. And perch. There's yeah. been a lot of people getting on, like, Lake Simcoe jumbos and, like, not even a couple, like, limits of them. Yeah, um, Saginaw Bay, I definitely don't get up to enough. Um, Louie, I could probably safely say you don't get up to enough either. No. It just gets tough. You know, once once the season really picks up and it's rolling, there's really – when we have time to fish, it's hopping off the dock and, and heading north or south at our spot. It's tough to take a day and go over there because, you know, even though for us, Saginaw Bay is only an hour and a half, two hours, depending yeah. on where we go. Um you don't want to just go out there and fish a couple hours. You want to go fish the whole day. It's worth yeah, it. It's yeah. worth it. And depending on certain times of the year, you get lake trout mixed in. Um, there's some whitefish roaming around up there early yeah. and late in the year. Uh, so, yeah, Saginaw Bay is a really cool spot. That There's a lot of boats out there, though. Even ice fishing. like, I mean, you can catch them in shallow earlier in the year, but it's mm-hmm. tough to kind of you go out. water fish it. Yeah. No, it is it, it is really good ice fishing. It's the only thing that sucks about it is you're making like thirty mile round trips to to get out oh, those, yeah. those good schools, which is tough if you're not gonna go smash. But when it gets ex- late in the year, you gotta get out there. Or as ex- the ice gets thicker, you know. Yeah, it's an experience you gotta you gotta enjoy at least once. But it is crazy because you're out there, you're literally you're around nobody. Nobody. Most of the time. When you're out that far, you're really not around anybody. It's kind of just scary. pounding yeah. at times. It's like whoa. Yeah, it's it's kind of nuts. Um, and then keep going north, man. And we got pretty bummed out. Our trip got canceled this year, uh, but we will be going back. Standard Rock, uh, Lake Superior. Honestly, Lake Superior in its entirety should be on a lot of people's checklist just to go up there and see how clean the water is. Yeah. The the amount of of fresh trout that are up there, whether it's lake trout, steelhead. Um, you get brookies in the creeks, you know, they they got browns up there quite a bit more than we have where we're at. Yeah. Um, Lake Superior in itself is amazing, but Standard Rock um, is essentially for you guys that don't know, it's like a mountain. Basically, yeah. it's like a big reef and it's what, 40, 42 miles. I want to say it's closer to like, like between 40 and 45. Which is a big difference, but it's a ways. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a noob not knowing that. I don't know. It's a long ways out, though. We were supposed to do the trip. I just, I'm having a brain fart. But anyway, it's out there. Like, you can't – I you can – I know guys that have taken their 21-footers out there and they've pounded. You've just really got to be careful and you've got to pick your days because Lake Superior – you talk about Lake Erie getting angry fast. Yeah. Lake Superior is dangerous. I mean, it's straight up dangerous, especially when there's nothing blocking the wind out there. It's you in the waves. Yep. But you can safely make the trip for sure. You know, extra gas, make sure all your stuff's up to date. Make sure you got a walkie talkie. People know where you're going. Um, But when you get out there, man, it is epic. That is where some of the, I mean, me and my, me and Chase, uh, we talk about it all the time that it's probably the, the biggest pile of natural um, lake trout that are that big. It's unbelievable. Yeah, some of the how many big fish that are up there. Just the caliber of fish that come out of there is unbelievable. Um, we carry his rods in the store, but uh, Mags, uh, Pat, he guides up there, uh, and I think he's going to be probably going more full go into his rod making company because it's just blowing up. Yeah, um, he's getting it's booming. So we're happy for Pat. Hopefully, he saves room for us uh, to come up next year because that was a trip. Um, that was going to be super sweet. We were going to get on some giant lake trout and you're vertical jigging them guys. So it's, you know, you got a pretty stiff rod, bait caster or spin rod. Um, but when they hit, you know, and you're fighting them in some deep water. So just buckle up. Yeah. It's some of the videos I've seen there. You're just jigging on the bottom and they kind of just chase it up and they just absolutely annihilate it. You have to be hanging on to your rod 24 seven. They hit it on the way down too. Oh yeah, you'll you'll just be letting your line go and letting it go and letting it go, and you're like, "What's going on?" Lock up your bail and they're there. Yeah, and it's not like they're just there. It's like as soon as your bail locks up, it's screaming. They're mean. <laughs> they're it mean fish. Screams. Um, Louie, are there any like 
you know, we're talking a lot about some places around here. Are there any international uh, destinations that you want to go? Like, do you want to leave the country and, and go anywhere in specific? Um, have you even put any thought into it? Yeah, there's a lot I want to do. But one that, like, really, really sticks out in my head, it's going to be probably a while before I get to do it. But it's it's in the islands. I forget what country it is. But you're out in the islands catching rooster fish and GTs on big, like, almost pound poppers. And you do it all day for one bite. And that one bite, usually you don't hook up. But it's like a a week and a half trip you got to do. And... Like Mothership trip, basically. Yeah. yeah. And you go island to island just casting on these monster reefs and, like, straight down cliffs of islands. And you're basically throwing your popper right up against the wall and ripping it as hard as you can all day long for one bite. And it's a massive bite. Yeah, that's tough. But those GTs and rooster fish, dude, they're, they're serious fish. I'm hoping to catch one um, this fall. I'm hitting, like my number one international, like my most, you know, your most logistical. Cause yeah. some of these places like Panama would be amazing. Um, but I've talked to some guys in Panama's takes a lot of planning to do it yeah. safely. Yeah. Um, sure. but once you get there, like to the lodges, like the fishing is unbelievable. Uh, Panama, Guatemala, uh, Costa Rica, like those all have fishing lodges and it's some of the, those are like some of the best bill fishing places in the world. Marlin, yeah. um, Sailfish, Dorado, mahi-mahi for most people, uh, wahoo, you know what I mean, yellowfin tuna, you name it, and those fish are there. Um, I am blessed enough, shout out to my fiance Allison, because we're getting <laughs> married this year and we're heading out on our honeymoon, but I told her, I was like, hey, if we go somewhere on the honeymoon, uh, I got to be able to fish. Yeah. So we pieced it together, and we figured we're already going to be broke from the wedding, so you might as well just go all out. Uh, we're heading down to Cabo for a week. And it's in September, which is like prime marlin season for them down there. So I'm really looking forward to chasing some marlin, hopefully some yellowfin tuna and mahi. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to fish as much as I can and get as many days in as I can, but obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's going to be an epic trip. A lot of, a lot of trolling, um, but a lot of live bait fishing. But like you said, there's some days, you know, you can go, you can go to these destinations and you can get insane numbers. You know, uh, the captain that we're going with down in Cabo, he boated 50 Marlin yesterday. Yeah, that's insane. So it's like, you can get these insane numbers or, you know, we were talking and we can go out and you can try, you know, to get that one big bite. Yeah. But that one big bite is literally going to be the fish of a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, another place I really want to go, well, I have been, but. It was on a cruise, so I didn't really get a chance to fish. Is yeah, it was a little bit frustrating. But Jamaica, the amount of people that fish and just sell their fish on the side of the road. I was talking to this one guy who was selling a snapper on the side of the road. He went out and him and his three buddies, and they caught a hundred snapper in under three hours. And he said, as fast as you just get your bait to the bottom, you're hooked up. Places like that, like we talk about, you know, those. Now, Cabo is obviously, it's a big tourist destination. Yeah. But places like Jamaica, which is a big tourist destination, but people aren't going there to fish. Not at all. So you talk about places like Jamaica. You talk about, like, the southern tip of Guatemala. You talk about places like that out on the Great Barrier Reef throwing those plugs. Dude, you're fishing where, like, there's not a lot of people. No. There's no. more people that fish the Detroit River in one day yeah. than there is that fish in Jamaica. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you get out there and the fishing is unbelievable and it's so overlooked. Like so many people overlook it and it's like, man, you can go out there and have one of the most epic days of your life. I, I do not leave the house without the three piece travel rod when we're going yeah. on trips. I mean, I'm not going to fucking Jamaica. I've never been there, It's insane. but I'm talking like if we're going up North, if we're going to the West side of the state, whenever I do go down to Florida, always having a travel rod because a lot of those places you know, people are there to vacation, but they're not even thinking about fishing. Yeah. I'm going to always think about fishing. Yeah. I'm going to Florida in three days. I leave Wednesday morning. And I already got I might my, already be in Florida when this comes out. It probably will be. I'm <laughs> gonna be I got my tranks taken off my musky rod. Uh I'm gonna hope I catch a shark down there. Not a big one, 
I don't want to try and fight that monster one by myself. A little black tip H action. Just want to catch like a little nurse shark in the backwaters. So we'll see how that works, but it's gonna be fun. I think another epic spot to travel to if if you're looking to. And you know the, the problem is a lot of these trips, man, they get pricey. Like very very expensive. I want to like one of the trips I want to do so bad is head down to Louisiana and go fish the oil rigs for yellowfin tuna. Yeah. And unless yeah. like if you get a big group of guys, you can do it. That's the problem. Though. But if you're it's trying to go down like price. with your family or like with a couple buddies or whatever, and there's only a few of you on the boat. I mean, you're looking at two grand to yeah. do this stuff. But yeah. dude, why do we work every day? Why do we work seven days a week? You know what I mean? You yeah, got to do that something with that money. And it's like going down to Louisiana and getting on those yellowfin. But they're like the sickles on those yellowfin down there are unbelievable. The sickle fins, yeah. basically those long yellow fins above and yep. below the tail. Like I want one of those on the wall. And then also while you're down there, the redfish, there's there's not bigger redfish in the country. Yeah, it's it gets stupid down there. I watched some videos, guys go in the backwaters with flies. Not even flies, but top waters. Then you just work them in front of those redfish and they either basically tell you to fuck off or they're just gonna absolutely destroy you and you chase them down through the little cuts and coves and you can't use a motor because it's so shallow. Louisiana's cool too because everybody goes to Louisiana to go to New Orleans, right? Yeah. They all go down to New Orleans and they all want to party and, and have a good time, which is great. But once you get down to like the ocean, like Venice, yeah. dude, there is nothing. Look at it on Google Maps. There's nothing there. Nothing at all. Except one of the nicest marinas. Yeah. Like the boats that are in those marinas. Oh my goodness. So many yellowfins, Freemans. Yeah. Uh, you got a Vikings down there, and you've just got these beautiful, beautiful boats in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it's like the fishing is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Another, so that's another one. I think if, if you're one of those people that like to set up destinations and bucket lists, definitely look into some fishing in Louisiana. Huge tuna fish. Swordfish. Yes. Swordfishing off the ledge down there would be epic. Swords yeah. are like warriors. Yeah. You know, they live down deep and they come up with battle scars. It's like, you know, what's down there, but it's yeah. crazy, man. Another one I really want to check off. I know I'm in a bass fishing a lot, but out in California, you do it. Uh, it's called Galapagos bass. They don't get very big, but they're not at all like any of the bass we have over here. You're basically using an ounce and a half. It's like a two ounce jig head with a swim bait on it like a big swim bait, like a six-inch swim bait, and you, you go through kelp patches, and you don't use, like, a traditional swim bait. You basically kind of pitch it in these holes and let it drop to the bottom, and if your line stops, you got a fish. But these fish are just, like, I think the biggest they get is around, like, eight pounds, but, dude, they have teeth on them, like, bass with teeth, and they tangle <laughs> you up in the kelp, and it's... It's just a whole different experience over there. California is a really cool fishery. Not a lot. I mean, it, obviously, everywhere that we're talking about has a lot of fishermen. Yeah. I know, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to have someone in the comments. Oh, there's, there's a lot of fishermen over there. Yeah. I know there is. But a lot of people that go over there, go over their vacation, or you look at, like, Hollywood, yeah. L.A., you know, San Diego, the beaches. Well, we're out right off the beaches. Yeah. Awesome fishing. And California has, like, a revitalized, like, bluefin tuna bite going on. Yeah. Um that's that's been going on for a few years it's pretty crazy over there so if you've got family out there you go out there and visit i'm telling you check everywhere you go um for these destinations we're going or for these fishing spots at the destinations you're going i'm going to a wedding in pigeon forge tennessee yeah which everyone goes there in the fall to look at the colors it's got phenomenal trout fishing in the mountains and so guess fishing. yeah well we won't be that close no to but. the lake We'll be more like with the creeks and stuff. But yeah, they do have phenomenal striper fishing. And yeah. it's like, it's crazy. It's, you know, if you're prepared, you can have some really good fishing in some cool spots. Yeah. And that just fills up, you know, all your memories, all these things that you have. Because let's be honest, a lot of us, you know, we fish for a lot more than just the tug on the rod. You know, yeah. you get to wake up, you watch the sunrise, you watch the sunset, you get to see nature in itself. Yeah. So it's like going to all these different, to me, that's my favorite spot part. Is going yeah. to all these different spots, you know, and checking them off. Like, oh, I got to see that. I got to do that. Yeah. Another really, really big one for me, which, I mean, is you kind of got to get a group of guys. 
what you want the right group of guys is uh, going to Oregon and doing steelhead fishing in the rivers over there. Like in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> it's it gets pretty insane. They got big fish over there. I think the whole West Coast would be a really cool thing. Going to like salmon fish and trout yeah. fish the West Coast. Alaska would be insane. Salmon, yeah. halibut. Yep. We, Allie and I talked about doing that for the honeymoon. Going there and, and checking out Alaska and whatnot. We kind of decided on marlin over halibut, so I'm all right with that. Yeah, um, but no, Alaska would be really cool. That whole West Coast is cool. I think it'd be really – now, this isn't one that I really ever plan on checking off unless it just happens. I wouldn't make a special trip to go do it. I'm not a big fly fishing guy, but, like, the mountains of Colorado, Montana yes. – that would be insane catching those bright colored browns in the mountains. Like I'm jealous of those guys. I just yeah. suck at fly fishing. Even like a fly-in in Canada, like get your own private lake for the week. And oh, just... I will do that. I have a really, really good friend of mine. Um, used to do that every year. Yeah. Uh, with his family, they'd fly in, and it's like, dude, they smash walleyes, then they go back, cook it on shore, and then they go out and just hammer pike, big pike, big yeah. perch. And it's all like, you know, you're in like canoes, kayaks, basically. Yeah. Like it's all little fishing, but that, I mean, that would be epic. It's like, it's, it's nice what I think. I've never done it, but I feel like it's, it would be nice to just kind of like experience the Detroit River boat to boat. Not even like you could cast in the Detroit River if you tried in the springtime. Want to bet? <laughs> but <laughs> like going there and just being the only boat you're not going to see a single other boat out there it's just you and the lake and i think that it's hungry fish yeah hungry fish fish you talk about a lot of that those places like those flying trips to those lodges there's there's so many up in ontario uh manitoba saskatchewan that's just epic fishing a lot of the guys that we watch on youtube are fishing from those spots yeah and And it's unreal big fish that are just basically unbothered and they smash baits. Exactly. They don't. They're not seeing baits. How many jigs do you think the average walleye in the Lake Erie system sees? You know what I mean? Yeah. And these fish aren't seeing any jigs. They see one. They're like, "What is this? Let me taste it." Yeah. It's it's insane. No, that would be epic. I think the East Coast has a lot of really cool opportunities. Um, I'd really love to go to Maryland. I think it'd be really cool to get over there, like during the White Marlin Open, that huge uh, Marlin tournament they have. That's Big money, dude. So it's like yeah. biggest, baddest of the boats around the – I mean, there's there's boats from around the world that go to fish that. Yeah. I think that would be super cool to see. It's been going on for so long. Um, it's just like a part of fishing history at this point. Yeah. Another one that's like a lot of guys kind of take for granted, I want to say, but Lake Simcoe. Honestly, some of the biggest perch I've seen in my life that come is out of that lake. Extremely off topic from what we were just talking about yeah, the White Marlin Open. But I know. Damn, but that's a good one. Lake yeah. Simcoe is a good one. Yeah, all the whitefish and perch and anything in that lake, honestly. Yeah, lake trout. Uh, but the size of the perch that come out of there, <laughs> guys come over and they come home with just it. It looks, it just is like coolers full of meat. You know what I mean? You go over there it's, with four guys and you just smash them for two, three days and come back over. It's insane. You're catching like limits of like legitimately one pound perch. And you're throwing back like 12, 13 inches sometimes just trying to catch bigger ones. And it's not like out of the normal to be throwing back that size of fish. Yeah. Lake Simcoe, you know, we talk about how much we dislike ice fishing. Um, but Lake Simcoe is definitely a trip that I hope one winter I throw them, uh, throw the four wheeler in the trailer and hit the road. I think that would be a really cool trip to do. Uh, I know a couple of buddies of mine that go that well, they used to go over there before the travel ban and all that. Um, they used to go over there all the time and just pound and now they're, they're starting to loosen up at the border. So yeah, we'll be over there before you know it. I know a couple of guys over there right now and it's just like tons of fish and they're all monsters. Yeah. And the open water fishing over there is just as good. Yeah. Yeah. That part of Ontario has an insane fishery though. Um, that runs through there with the lakes and the rivers that feed each other. They've got some really good fishing over there. Even Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario is the best salmon fishery that I've personally ever been to. Uh, A buddy of mine was like, hey, man, you got to come check this out. Um, He's like, it's epic. And we're like right offshore. You know, we're not driving far out. 
So I said, all right, you know, what, what's the plan? He's like, we're picking you up at midnight, four hour drive. So he's like, we're picking you up at midnight. We're going to ride over. Uh, we'll hang out in the parking lot for a little bit. We'll light up our baits and then we'll get them on the boat and we'll head out to our spot. And sure enough, man, he picked me up by midnight. We went over there, lit up our baits, hung out in the parking lot and dude proceeded to smash Kings. We caught a 30 pounder that day. And I thought that was just like the norm. And then you come back over here and Lake Michigan salmon fishing is really starting to pick up, man. There's been some huge fish caught. My dad's buddy started a charter over there. Great wolf guide guide service or great wolf charters absolute monster at salmon fishing and we actually went on our first ever guide with him just kind of having fun out there we absolutely murdered the kings it was every time you go through one spot at least four of the rods would go off they'd all get tangled they're all jumping and they're just peeling drag it was stupid yeah that'd be a lot of fun and like i said when we were over on lake ontario but i mean Dude, the one day we caught 15 salmon, I don't think I don't think we had a fish under 20 pounds. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It was yeah. insane. We 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 took his nitro and filled that live well to the absolute max. Yeah, it gets insane. Um but that's I mean that's a really cool area over there. There's some really cool marinas that are like in the they got like huge bluffs over there, like big yeah. cliffs and whatnot. Uh, and there's marinas that are like right in there. There's really good places to go eat um out over there. I, we were in Toronto. So, but super cool time. We had a lot of fish. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Another one that I didn't think I would have that much fun at, but it actually, it was like stupid good fishing was Lake Charlevoix, which is, I mean, it gets like, I think like 230 something feet deep, but you can you go to a flat, basically it's, it's kind of video game fishing. I don't want to say it like that, but you're either fishing super sharp breaks or you're fishing flats that extend out. And I was there for a bass tournament, but you were catching like legitimately anything that swims on these flats or marking like we were catching walleyes, we were catching smallmouths, we were catching perch on our big like three and a quarter inch tubes. It was it was getting pretty stupid out there. It was it was pretty fun. And just kind of driving through the lake, you're surrounded by trees. You'll see like one or two houses that stick out from the trees, but you're just surrounded. And it's just sweet just kind of looking back on it. Yeah, that sounds like it would be an epic trick. But it's like I love walleye so much. It's really hard unless yeah. I'm going to Door County. Yeah. Then I'll, I'll tell you one that was really fun is we went um, – my buddy Frank hit me up and he's like, Hey, you want to go to uh, Milwaukee? I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, me and another buddy met up, we drove over to Milwaukee. We fished over there with Eric Hadia. Um, sure. A lot of you guys have heard of him. If you haven't look him up on Instagram, Facebook, uh, dude's absolutely dialed, catches a ton of fish. Uh, and he put us on some really nice Browns um, and steelhead. The day we were there, it was freezing cold, man. Tough conditions. Yeah. And uh, we still put some fish topside. Right now, they're still pounding them over there. Um, Hadia, he's got a good crew over there right now working with them. But that was a really cool destination. Another one, I think it was five and a half hours to get over there. Uh, we found a cheap hotel in Milwaukee and went out there, fished all day, drove home that night. Yeah. That yeah. was a really cool trip. There's, like, a lot of good fishing, like, within, like, it's, like, a solid number, like, I'd say like six hours. If you put a circle six hours around like the Marine City area or like the Port Huron area, there's just around like Southeast Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. You can get to a lot of really good places. How Uh, many lakes, how many rivers. It's, it's stupid. Well, what's nice is we're by like, well, I guess we're not really by it. It takes us 15 minutes to get there. But once you get to the expressway, you can get everywhere quick. Like, dude, we can get to Ontario in 15 minutes. Yeah, we can shoot. We're basically Canadians. Basically, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, I mean, we're basically Canadians. We can hop on the boat and be. I can hop in my boat and be over to Canada faster than I can be to the next town over. So, it's like you know, we have that. We have Ontario right there, literally in our backyard. Yeah, and then you've got all the Great Lakes besides Superior. Well, Superior, nah, you're pushing. You're yeah. a little bit over six, but you're right around six for parts of it. I really had a good time up closer to Marquette. That's where I would want to go. So 
you're looking closer to like seven or eight, but that's that's nothing. Not at all. Not for a weekend or for a couple of days to go out there. The fishing that's up there in the harbors and like in shallow water on jerk baits and spoons is unbelievable. Um, in the UP. But that's I think that's why it was so exciting to do an episode like this. And we'll probably do more episodes on it, focusing on, you know, well, one, if the listeners like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we're definitely not making this again. I hope so. Um, but no, I mean, there's so many places that we've really been to, and there's so many places that we want to go. Um, and it's really cool because a lot of them aren't that far away, or they're not that uh what's they're not that complicated, I guess, to get yeah. to. Like don't get me wrong. The Cabo trip, that's kind of a lot. Um, but like going down to Costa Rica, going down to Panama, going to Guatemala, going over to the Great Barrier Reef. No, stuff like that. Like that's once in a lifetime, yeah, that's... you know, maybe every decade, you know, every five years you can pull it yeah. off. Now, I do know a lot of guys and I'm not these guys aren't millionaires by any means. They're yeah. hardworking dudes. They get the job done. And but they fish. That's what they do with their money. And they fish all over the place. Yeah, it's... They've been to Panama. They've been to the Galapagos Islands. They've been to all these crazy places that we would never, that we'd be like, oh, we can't go to. It's like, yeah, we can. The Amazon, the Amazon River houseboat one is. I'm out on that, dude. I'm not. I'm it's... out on that. The bugs can kill you. The snakes can kill you. The fish can kill you. The people can kill you. Yeah, but you. I don't know, dude. I think it's cool because I've seen tons of like videos on it and you. Catch a little dinky piranha. Yeah, it's piranhas, <laughs> but you're on like a it's like a John boat almost, like a deep V John boat. But the guides are just on the front of the boats with machetes, just like blazing paths to these like unknown lakes that they've never been to, and they just know where they're at. And it's, I like to call myself adventurous. Yeah, but there ain't no com- way, dude. There then ain't you no way. Yourself to like, like you go into Muscamute and you go like do a couple of reads. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty sick. But these guys are just going at it with machetes down there. And yeah, we're catching twenty pound peacocks with topwater baits. I'm not. I'm not saying the fishing's not epic. I'm saying I'm not going. Hey, I'm going at least once. That's you. Good for you. Have fun. I will. Don't bring anything back. <laughs> you gotta get a lot spiders of down there. there snakes yeah you gotta get a lot of shots i'm not a big shot guy <sighs> but florida i think hands down has some of the best fishing in the world and people go there all the time it's some of the most diverse fish i mean you can you can just do so much like if you're on the gulf side anywhere from you know i've stayed anywhere from clearwater all the way down to naples you can literally walk to the beach cast your rod out with a two ounce sinker and a live shrimp and you're going to catch sharks and jacks and pompanos and uh, redfish. And it's insane. Or you go down um, and fish the inlets or the bridges. Like yeah. the thing that I love about Florida is the diversity. There's so many different fish. There's so many different ways to target them. And there's so many different places to target them. Now, the thing about Florida is, one, dude, it's expensive. It is. The equipment down there is pricey because you're, you've got to use stuff that's going to handle hang up to the salt water. If we're talking salt water. I mean, the yeah. peacocks and bass fishing on Okeechobee, that's all fresh. Um, but saltwater, you know, and it, it's probably just because we're up here freshwater fishing all the time, but saltwater fishing is another animal, man. And it's, yeah. it, like I said, it's really cool down there. I hope one day that, you know, I'm going to end up down there in Island Morada or at least down in the Keys. It's just, it's a place that I want to be. It's, a, it's the people that I want to be around. You know, they're on island time. Island time is a real thing for anyone that hasn't been down yeah. there. You don't go out to eat in under an hour and a half. Um, you got to take your time down there. So that's definitely not somewhere that you want to be in a rush. Uh, but honestly, that's what I love so much about it. I'm always rushing, right? I'm rushing to the trips. I'm rushing to the bait shop, rushing to the restaurant. It's nice to just sit there and not worry about shit. Get a yeah. cold beer, a big cigar, and just – I literally could just sit on the dock all day and just yeah. watch the guides come in and out and do all that. It's so cool to me. It's so much different down there, like – there's honestly, like, I don't want to say, like, three different personalities, but there really is. There's, like, the the fishing community, like, towards, the, like, the oceans or towards Lake Okeechobee. And then there's kind of, like, your, uh, I wouldn't say, like, more popular, but, like, kind of, like, your celebrities down, like, towards Miami. That's Tampa. that West Palm Beach, yeah. Fort Lauderdale, Miami, that spot, that yeah. You go walk a marina down there, the boats are just 
insanely insane massive and then there's just kind of like your like your island people just kind of take it easy go day by day but it's the boats down there are just stupid day the other thing is you know the other thing is it's easier to talk about florida and fishing in florida down there because so like i said so many people have done it there's you're not going to talk to many people that have done the Louisiana trip. I actually just had someone in the other day um, that was heading down. He's heading down to Louisiana a couple of days. I was like, I'm so jealous, man. They're going out for two days uh, out to the rigs to catch the elephant. And it's like, dude, you look at those fish and how tired you get. I mean, come on. How many of those can you really catch in a day? Right. I would I would catch them till my arms fall off. I really would. But I'd have to do some push-ups or something before the trip. I would definitely have to loosen that a little bit. After a lot of things. Take them easy. <laughs> Go a little white tackle on them. Well, y'all, I think that basically wraps up uh, what we wanted to talk about today. We hope you all really enjoyed it. Um, any pop or any destinations that you've been to or any destinations that you want to go to, let us know. Hit us up on our DMs. Hit us up uh, on the email. Let us know some places that you've been. If you think there's anywhere that we need to get to, let us know. Uh, obviously, you know, I told Louie when we started this whole thing, like, hey, man, if we do it right and we save our money right, you know, you we should be able to take a trip every year and, and call it a fishing educational weekend. And we should be able to travel somewhere and fish, you know, whether it's during our slow times, whether it's, you know, yeah. fall through the spring, spring into summer, we don't go anywhere. No. Um, and as we get busier, we probably won't be going anywhere anyway, but this is why we're in it, right? Do what yeah. you love and love what you do. Exactly. So we're going to plan on going to a lot of places and checking them out. If you've got anywhere, like I said, let us know. Um, if you think this was a cool episode, as always, let us know. We really appreciate the feedback that we get. It helps us kind of steer our conversations into the next way uh, and what you guys want to hear. So, Louie, tell them goodbye. Uh, just like, share, and subscribe, and uh, tune into the next one. Like, share, and subscribe. Can't say it enough, guys. Cost you nothing means everything to us. Thank you so much. Tight lines. Talk to you soon.